right, what's going on? Welcome to Chatterbox Reds, your daily home for Cincinnati Reds content all season long. We're here after every single game, even a third straight loss to the Cubs. Nick Kirby, Clay Snowden. Clay, uh, how we doing? We're doing okay. You know, not the best three-game stretch here, but there's 162 games. This is not the NFL. I think we're okay, Nick. I really, I truly do think that we're okay. It's nice to have someone else say that. Let's just jump right into the box score recap. Uh, get you caught up on the game in case you missed it. Uh, those listening in the morning. Top of the first, Ellie De La Cruz, a leadoff 424-foot home run. 107.6 off the bat. Put the Reds up one nothing. Just like that, the bottom of the first, Luke Weaver gave a pair of doubles, and the Cubs tied it at one. Bottom of the second, Luke Weaver looked really good in this inning. He retired the Cubs in order, struck out Jan Gomes to end the inning. In the bottom of the third, Luke Weaver, he got the first two batters out. The second batter, he struck out. The third batter, Nico Horner, he struck him out swinging on a ball that was in the dirt. It bounced past Luke Maley, and Horner reached on first base. And, of course, that would come back to haunt as the next five batters reached base, four were via walks. Two of those were bases loaded walks, and it was 4-1 Cubs. David Bell got ejected, trying to either protect this pitcher or just stop the bleeding. Didn't really have much of a case. A lot of the pitches were borderline at best. Um, nothing really too egregious in the inning, but nonetheless, Reds down 4-1. Top of the fourth, Reds look to have a really good rally going to get back in the game. Uh, Christian Encarnacion, Strand, and Will Benson singled each of their second hits of the game at that point. That put runners on the corners with no outs. But Luke Maley's rough night continued as he grounded into a double play. CES did score, but it was 4-2 Cubs. Bottom of the fourth, Luke Weaver gave up a leadoff single off the glove of Will Benson. Luke Weaver's night was done. Sam Mole came in, gave up a rocket off the wall. For some reason, the Cubs decided to send their base runner, Nick Madrigal. TJ Friedel made a great play off the wall. Great relay to Ellie De La Cruz, who gunned down Madrigal by a mile at the plate to keep it a 4-2 game. Game really settled down from there. Uh, Red's bullpen was really, really good, but unfortunately, so was the Cubs. Cubs relievers had struck out four straight batters, but Spencer Steer really kind of felt out of nowhere in this game. Cranked a solo home run with one out in the eighth. That got the Reds to within a run at 4-3. Spencer Steer's 17th home run of the season. Fortunately, the Cubs got that run right back off Fernando Cruz in the eighth. And that would be your final score. Reds lose 5-3. Reds have lost three straight games. Brewers absolutely demolished the Pirates 14-1 tonight. Uh, Mitch Keller got rocked. Uh, so the Reds are now a half game back in the NL Central. Reds do still hold the third wild card spot. So, Clay, uh, let's talk about, you know, how uh, just the the general feel of the Reds before we kind of get into some of the individual players. Obviously, the Reds uh, give up the NL Central again. It's kind of been a seesaw over the last month or so. Uh, do you think that, uh, let's start with this, do you think that it'll continue to be a seesaw or do you think uh, this is the uh, beginning of the end? I, I think it's still a little too early to say that it's the beginning of the end. I mean, we see streaks come and go in baseball all the time. Now, I, you know, what we saw in June, I think everyone knew that that was just like an incredible hot streak. It was not going to be the level of sustainable play the rest of the year. A lot of rookies, a lot of inexperience on this team, and players like Luke Weaver who are holding them back at the same time. This is a flawed roster to an extent, 
and they were not going to be able to just fix it overnight. This is a process that's still going to take more than one year. And one deadline wasn't going to trade anything or excuse me, change anything drastic. Now, I don't want to get into the whole deadline rant. I just want to be on record saying I wanted to add. I wanted to add a starting pitcher to the deadline. I wanted to add another reliever. I was even willing to find a way to creatively upgrade from Nixon's L, which, you know, it's fine. But I just want to be on the record before anyone comes at me for that. But you know what? I don't think that this Reds team's done. I don't think that they're done because of a three-game set, or excuse me, a three-game losing streak in Chicago. Let's start with Luke Weaver. Man, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I say this and it feels so hollow saying it, but I'll say it like he felt good at times, but just, man, it just, it snowballs so quick on Luke Weaver. Um, I think he could still be a valuable reliever. I also don't know what you really do because you're already down a starter. I, I don't know if bringing up Brett Kennedy or whoever else is, or Levi Stout's really all that much better for the next couple weeks. I don't know. Where are you at with Luke Weaver? Yeah, I'm done with Luke Weaver. Um, people were saying that they didn't want Lance Lynn, or they did not want Lance Lynn because of his higher ERA. Luke Weaver has a higher ERA than Lance Lynn. He has 19 starts now in a 6.98 ERA. I don't care about any advanced metrics with him. I don't care about any type of he's been good after this, that, and the other. Like It's a full game that you have to pitch. You can find all kinds of pitchers that are good if you take away all of their bad stats. That's that's what a lot of people are saying. You know, Luke Weaver to me has had a large enough sample size that we don't need to see anymore. And I understand he's likely gone when Lively, Lodolo, uh, Green come back. Brent Kennedy, like I truly don't know if he could be worse. It's really difficult to be worse than a six nine eight ERA. I know ERA is not everything. His FIP. Over six as well. Like everything about his stats look bad for a reason. It's because he's not that great of a pitcher. If you want to try him in the bullpen, whatever. Um, there's actually other players I would rather have in the bullpen besides him. So I think it's time to cut ties with Luke Weaver. Um, I personally don't want to see him pitch anymore. Why not give Kennedy or do some type of a bullpen game, an opener, something else besides rolling him out every fifth day and hoping that it works. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they haven't tried an opener with him. I, I would really I, I would love to have that question asked. Um I don't I don't know what the reason is for it. It seems like that would at least be worth a try. Um if you're gonna continue to run him out there as long as the Reds have. Um but yeah, I mean disappointing start for, for Weaver. Um, especially after that second inning, it felt like all right, man, you know, he pitched pretty well in the Dodgers game. Maybe he's finally getting something, but just uh didn't have it. Let's go to some more positive. Obviously, Ellie De La Cruz got the day off. Uh, right off the bat, smacked a home run. Also, his last at bat absolutely smoked a ball. Uh, let's. What was the exit velocity on that last one? Yeah, with ninety-seven-seven, six thirty expected batting average. That felt like about the way the the, the series should end on an absolute uh, uh, rocket. But uh, Ellie De La Cruz looked really good. I mean, he had a couple ugly at bats, but he had a home run. Hit a ball hard. Uh, he, he looked like the elevated Cruz that we expect that's going to have uh, do some incredible things and obviously made the great play in the field as well. Um, looked like the elevated Cruz we expected. Going to make some incredible plays, going to have some ugly at-bats, but if you thought that elevated Cruz was going to be anything other than that coming in, I, you probably weren't paying attention. Yeah, Ellie is going to be frustrating at times. He's going to make 
mistakes on the base pass. He's going to be overly aggressive. He's going to strike out after working account 3-0. There's going to be that in his game. And then there's going to be monstrous home runs, stolen bases, insane plays in the field. Like There's just going to be up and downs, especially when he's this young. Hopefully, a lot of those downs get ironed out. The older he gets, the more experienced he gets, and the better that he gets. It's still part of the learning curve. The Reds have been spoiled. Fans have been spoiled with how good all of these rookies have been right away. That's not normal at all. So, you know, seeing Ellie De La Cruz have some growing pains is kind of what is expected. That's one thing you can't speed up is experience. You can put them in the game every day like they've been doing, but you can't speed that up. That's just a thing that comes over time. So, you know, they're trying them in the leadoff. That's something I would put an end to. Um, it's just not been great. I know that he's had moments there, but overall it's not been great with him in the leadoff spot. So I would be okay with trying a different batting order. You know, we did see David Bell stick with the batting order during the winning streak and shortly thereafter. I I understand why. I think it might be time to just shake it up even a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem against that. And you know, and, and I, I don't think either one of you, you or I, are big like lineup guys, like pounding the table, like, oh my gosh, this lineup's terrible. Like, or excuse me, batting order. Like, still got to hit the ball. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it does much, but I'm not against it either. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say don't, don't change the lineup. Well, if you think it'll help, even marginally, sure, change it. If you, if you think it won't, then don't. I, I don't. I, I don't think it moves the need all the much. Um, I do like Ellie there long term, though. I, I really do. Um, I've also heard some pretty good points about how Ellie does have so much swing and miss in his bat. Kind of batting him leadoff is a way that you you don't have him hitting in some of these spots with you know two runners on base and uh, you know maybe hurting his confidence a little bit. You know, making some of the some of his at bats a little bit more um, I don't know pressure or, or I don't know what that's the right right term there, but. Uh, again, I would have no problem with them just completely shaking the lineup up this weekend. Washington Nationals be a good team to do that against if you're trying to mix it up. You know, it might, you might, you might, you might mix up the lineup, and everyone goes, "Hey, look, you mixed up the lineup. It worked." Man, you might just been facing some bad pitching, and that made it work. Um, but yeah, I'm not against that. Really great comment here from from Scott Strasbier. A absolutely just insane stat since June 1st. The Reds are six and 14 against the lowly. He didn't put lowly, but I added the lowly NL Central 28 and 9 against everyone else. That's just an unbelievable stat. I don't even know what to make of that. Uh, but thanks, Scott, for uh for sharing that with us. Uh Spencer Steer, due to 17 home runs. Uh I, what what a just an unbelievable season from him. I he just hasn't slow down and it's been like multiple times throughout the year where you're like okay i think spencer steers finally cooling off he's finally starting to look like a rookie and then he just uh has another you know stretch like this um i don't where were you at with spencer steer like is he uh is he an actual cornerstone like i think me yeah. and you were probably on the same page coming into the year where we like we really like spencer steer but i don't think we viewed him as a cornerstone piece I'm now kind of uh I think I think where I was with him was he is a high floor major leaguer who can fill some different roles at different positions. And like if he is the guy who's kind of moving around, you know, getting five starts a week or whatever, like good, that's good. We have a really good bench utility guy. Well, 
he's moving around playing a bunch of different positions, but playing at a level that is much higher than what I would have expected from him this season. Um, he has just really looked great. And Steer, if he can play second base too, like it's just another thing in his toolbox. Right now he can bring some speed. He can steal some bases. He can hit for power, can hit for average, can play multiple positions. Like he can just make a baseball team, the entire team's floor so much higher. Yeah, no question about it. Christian Encarnacion Strand uh, really starting to, to turn it around. Uh, looked a little, I don't want to say lost, but working through it, I guess, would maybe be the best way to say early. Two for three tonight. Uh, he's not going to... Christian Encarnacion Strand uh, now has his batting average up to 283. Uh, really hasn't shown the power yet, but you know that's coming. Um, I, I wasn't sure if he would be able to hit for, uh, you know, a, a decent batting average as, as a rookie. Um, I think he's made some adjustments. I think he's starting to look a lot more comfortable to play. Yeah. I kind of thought that CES would come in and be around somewhere between 250 and a 260 batter um, just because of how his profile works and how he, he was chasing quite a bit, especially in the beginning of the season. He's looked good. I think it's different though. Like every other player that's come up, that was a rookie kind of what we expected their style and approach and everything to be is kind of filled in to a high degree. Also with CES, CES, we were expecting like, here's all this pop that's like coming in this lineup. Like the Reds need more home runs. Well, like CES is going to bring it. We saw an awesome monstrous home run from him when he pulled a ball on the outside of the plate and put it in like the bleachers. That was incredible. But the power has not quite been there yet, which is okay. Totally okay. I would rather have, especially a rookie in his first stint, you know, seeing the ball well, putting together good at-bats and, you know, kind of settling in first before he starts to not necessarily, I don't want to say like sell out for power, but try to tap into more game power. So I like what I've seen from CES. Um, I think he's only going to get better this year. I don't know how much of like a huge impact player he'll be, but, you know, it's one more player that's, better than the bench guys that have filled in. Corey says you guys are really calm considering your team just got smashed by the Cubs. Um, look, people can act however they want to react, however they want to losses. This team was supposed to win 65 games. They're still in a playoff spot on August 4th. So for me, look, I'm just enjoying the ride. I think I said a couple weeks ago, I wasn't sure if the Reds were going to make the playoffs. I wasn't one of these guys who said, hey, this is a surefire playoff team. I've never said that. So my expectations have always been, you know, for this year, it was a development year and it's turned into something more than that. And that's been incredible. And, and kind of whatever happens, happens. So um, that's that's why if you're wondering why I'm acting like this, that's because that's how I view it. If you view it differently, that's fine. I, I don't view it any any other way other than that. I typically don't get too, too emotional just because it's so many games. Like if you, you know, if I'm watching Buffalo Bills football, like you would think I'm a psychopath because <laughs> I get way high and way low with the Reds. I just don't. There's just so many games. Try to take it one. Now, if they w- lost 14 in a row, you would see that in me, that fire in me at the same time. Like there's nothing I can do about this. Like I, I, there's nothing I can personally change about the Cincinnati Reds. So, you know, just a little perspective is is everything, which is, I think, kind of what you were saying. I know I've said it before. You know, if you go to Outback Steakhouse thinking you're going to get the best steak in the world, you can't be pissed off when you don't get the best steak in the world. 
I thought that the Reds would have a good season this year. I did not think it would be the best in the world. It's just, you know, managing expectations and it's, it's actually exceeding expectations at this point in time, which then can make you mad because you're, you're getting a taste of it. But I think the good thing about this is we're not getting a taste of success with a bunch of 33 year olds on the roster. This isn't the last ditch effort. You know what I mean? So for me, it's, I'm just taking it step, you know, game, game by game. Yeah. I mean, look, this, this team, it's, it's been an up and down season. Uh, Reds got swept in four games to the Pirates and then turned around and swept the Texas Rangers. Uh, Reds got swept by the Yankees uh, and then um, like played okay, but then rattled off five in a row like a, a week later. Uh, this team uh, got swept by the Brewers in early June, won three in a row and then lost two, then won 12 in a row. This team uh, lost three in a row to the Braves and, and Orioles, rattled off three in a row. Uh, this team lost five of six to the Brewers, um, then lost two more to the Giants, and then rattled off five in a row. I mean, it's just that's been how this season has been all year long, um, and, and I think it's going to continue. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if the Reds go out and sweep the Nationals, but then turn around and, and have a bad series here or there. It's it's just this is what this team is going to be this year. Yeah, I agree, and you know. Some people in the chat are mad that we're not more upset. I I don't know what to say. Like, I can't fake. A, do you want me to just stage some cheesy fake upset and yell and scream at Nick for the next 25 minutes? They might like that, to be honest. Though. Now, somebody did talk some, some crap about Michigan State. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Uh, Molly asked besides Ellie, who had the other hits? Uh, Will Benson had two hits, just continues to, to play really well. That was about it for the offense. Uh, tonight, TJ Friedel did have two hard hit balls. Um, Homer last night, um, I think he has looked better of late. I know he had been scuffling a little bit, and I, I've mentioned before, the guy played the, had like five really good months in a row. I think he deserves a little bit of a chance to work through some things. Um, but I do think he's looked a little bit better of late. Uh, let's move on to the bullpen because uh, for as bad as the bullpen looked on Tuesday and Wednesday, they were spectacular today. Uh, uh, cleaning up Luke Weaver's mess. Uh, Sam Mole has looked really great since the Reds acquired him. Obviously, the first uh, first battery face smashed a double, but then he retired every batter struck out two. Uh, Clay, I want to get your thoughts on, I guess, the acquisition of Sam Mole and um, Mole, and uh, you know what, how you think he's looked so far in his first two outings with the Reds. Yeah, he's looked really good. I kind of like like after the K, he has like a subtle strut. You know what I mean? Like he's Sam Mole. Like you, you, you can't do the big time strut, buddy. But he has that kind of like subtle strut around the mound. I like him. I watched a lot of him in Oakland. Uh, I know people don't know this, but I cut. I covered and wrote about the Oakland A's a little bit at the beginning of the year. Thank God I don't do that anymore. So I've seen a lot of Sam Mole, and he's a good pitcher. Like, he's never going to wow you, I don't think. But, like, a solid second lefty out of the bullpen was something that they needed, and that was something that they did get. So I think he's looked good. Um, I would not expect this type of success, like, the entire season, though. Uh, let's go through some of these other relievers. Daniel Duarte. Wow, we looked really, really good today. Yeah. Inning, he got five outs, didn't allow a base runner. Um, poor guy might get sent back down to AAA just because he's the, the option game. I feel sorry for him. It feels like he keeps pitching well. But he only threw 12 pitches 
tonight to get five outs. That's uh, uh, that's pretty impressive. And then another strong outing from Ian Jabot to a scoreless inning. Fernando Cruz gave up a run. He has struggled a little bit of late. Honestly, you know what? Let let's let's let there's maybe something of debate here that we could have yeah. something interesting. Uh, because Fernando Cruz and Daniel Duarte are the only relievers that you would consider sending down that have options. May, you know, I've been high on Fernando Cruz, but he has struggled a little bit of late. Maybe Cruz is the guy that goes down when the Reds need to send someone down because they need to send someone down. Remember, they have an extra reliever right now because uh, Lively was put on the IL and Duarte replaced him. Yeah, and Cruz is a guy that I I know he's been good at times, but I've always thought that he could be upgraded from. And it's not, you know, when you're talking about a pitcher who pitches one inning at a time, like, oh man, he's had six straight outings that have been good. Like, yeah, that that can happen and you can still be a bad pitcher. Now, I, I don't think he's a bad pitcher, but somebody you could definitely upgrade from if you're legitimately trying to contend and get to the playoffs. And, you know, he's like, 30 something years old and just debuted as a rookie last year. It's not like he has like the most overwhelming upside in the world. Like I think he's somebody that, that could, you know, get the short end of the stick once, once the reds get healthy. Yeah. And honestly, you know, it it could, I I like Cruz more than Duarte in terms of, I think his ability, I think Cruz is a, has a potential to be a, a better pitcher. Um, But uh, Cruz has thrown 44 innings in the big leagues also. So that could also be something you factor in where Duarte's only thrown 16. Um, so so maybe you send Cruz down as a guy you can really pick and choose because it doesn't matter when you pitch him in, in AAA, right? Yeah. And, and it could be a good thing for him, give him a little bit more rest, You know, maybe pitch him once every four days or whatever their plan would be. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think Duarte has definitely earned, uh, earned the opportunity to stay. Um, um, before they uh, uh, when, when they have to send someone down, which they will here soon. Let's let's take a question from Reed Mouse. Kirby Clay, if the Reds really want to contend in the future, how important is figuring out the catcher position? <laughs> Actual good question from Reed. That is a really good question. He must really feel bad for us tonight. You know, <laughs> I I'll I'll give you my kind of two cents on that. I tweeted out. The stats the other day, I'm not going to pull them up, but you can find them if you want the exact stats that uh, Tyler Stevenson had like 600 and something plate appearances of really good offensive numbers, like legitimately great for a catcher offensive numbers, 115 WRC plus type stuff. Average catchers around 90 WRC plus. And then he's had what, two, 300 this year of mediocre. I think he's 80. 80 to 85, 87, he's been bouncing around there in WRC+. Plus. Now, the defense is the issue. I'm willing to ride it out with Tyler Stevenson this year without it being any thought. Reevaluate in the offseason. I think what you need to do is add a veteran who is have starting experience. The name that keeps coming to mind to me is someone like a Tom Murphy, somebody of that caliber who has started, has not been bad. If it doesn't work out with Stevenson, you have somebody else who you can legitimately split starts with and feel much better about it than kind of these one, $2 million fill the hole for this year types. The catching market in the offseason is nothing great. Like you were looking at a lot of, you know, platoon type, not everyday type options at catcher. So you're not going to sign someone. Now you're going to trade for a catcher. They're really expensive to acquire, really expensive to acquire. 
Not many teams have them, and they never want to give them away. So for me, it's that route. Get someone like a Tom Murphy. Get a vet who's been around for a while, can at least be pretty good. And Tyler Stevenson can improve. We have seen a more good offensive Tyler Stevenson. And if he's hitting at a 110, 115 WRC+, plus, I'd be willing to live with the defense a lot more. I think this is you know, about as bad as we will see Tyler Stevenson. I'm a little hesitant to just ship him off right away, um, mostly because I still think that he's talented and young enough and under control. The farm system doesn't have anything that's like jumping off the page right now. Um, Matt Nelson's doing okay, and like he has some pop, but um, there there's nothing like you know beating down the door. Yeah, I, I, I like the way you said that, and I, I agree. I think uh, a veteran coming in, um, I think they try to do that with Kirk Sally, um, and obviously Kirk Sally just hasn't hit a, a lick. Um, and, and catchers are weird, man. They're also really hard to evaluate sometimes how good they are offensively because the sample sizes are so small. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, you could have a catcher. Oh, hey, that, that guy hit pretty well last year. We only had 150 at bats, and it, it, it can be really, you know, fluky. So, yeah, I like that. I, I'm really interested to see what Tyler Stevens gets to do with knock on wood a healthy offseason where he can yeah. really work on his craft all offseason and, um, um, see what he can do there and and people bring up chucky robinson i think if you dfa kirkus alley like chucky robinson being third catcher slash first guy up from the minors is fine he's an older org guy for a reason like he's having a really good year and he's a pretty good triple a catcher he's older than a lot of those pitchers like i don't think that chucky robinson put it all together and figured it out at 29 and is suddenly going to come up and be the catcher for the Reds. And it's just going to be all gravy. Like, I think that's a really risky game that you're playing. There's a greater chance of Tyler Stevenson figuring it out. Cause we've seen it for a sustained period of time in the majors than 29 year old rookie Chucky Robinson coming up and lighting the world on fire. Yeah. You also, you gotta have a bit of caution with some of these triple a numbers because <laughs> You look up and down some of some of these numbers, not just this year, but in years past, there's been some players that have never had any success at all at the major league level that are just absolutely demolishing in triple A. And I'm not saying Chucky Robinson is for sure what he's done as a fluke. It's just really hard to know what is a fluke and what's not. Um, look at the pitchers numbers in triple A and you'll say, wow, look at how many walks this guy gives up. So think about that you're throwing a lot of pitches that are just balls right out of the hand. So then what's going to happen? Here comes the fastball to try to get back in the count. Someone who's been in the in AAA for a while can you know adjust pretty well. Like you're not getting a ton of competitive pitches compared to the majors. Guys who walk a lot end up in the minors for a reason. It, it, they're, they're not throwing as many competitive pitches. And obviously the pitches are not as good either. Yeah, I mean, look at Matt Reynolds' numbers this year, uh, just to the roof. And he's a guy that has some experience that that knows, you know, what pitches you have to lay off of. And um, is just a problem. we got a really, really good super chat. Love this question here from A. Willis. Um, do we think Connor Phillips is still working on his control? Is worked in Luke Weaver? Why not bring him up and get him some experience? Um, I'll start on this. Uh, I, I think there's no question that Connor Phillips is a better pitcher than Luke Weaver. 
I don't necessarily think it can completely be about that. I know some people will hate this mindset, but we had uh, uh, Clay's guy, Jack McMullen, uh, voice of the Indianapolis Indians, the Pirates AAA affiliate, who's also works for Just Baseball, who talked about uh, Connor Phillips's control. And um, that's the biggest concern. It's not necessarily would he be successful or not. It's are you calling up a guy that's not ready to be a big league pitcher and he comes in and he walks everyone and you could, I don't want to say hurt or kill his development, but you can maybe stunt it a little bit. You know, this incredible season that he's had, um, if you call him up too early before he's ready, could you set him back a, a little bit? Not, not going to ruin his career or anything like that, but I think you have to weigh that into it. What are you doing for this guy in his development? That That's where I'm kind of at with him. I know you are definitely against Connor Phillips coming up right now. Yeah, I think that the pressure that you would put on him right now is insane, but um, this is another reason why I just wanted to acquire a starting pitcher. But Connor Phillips right now relies a lot on a fastball high in the zone. And right now it works in AAA, and it's worked in AA. And, you know, when he gets down in a count or he throws a breaking ball that hits the dirt three feet in front of the plate, he's able to live and kind of rely on that high fastball. I don't think that would happen in, you know, August and September calling him up now and not having much time to adjust. And then what happens if Connor Phillips isn't the answer? Are you going to send him back down? before the playoffs like is he on your playoff run like I don't know what the plan B is um now I do think he would be better than Luke Weaver and if that is the argument which is better for 2023's remaining starts yes I think Connor Phillips would be better than Luke Weaver what it means for everything else that's when it gets kind of difficult Lion Richardson's another name that people are bringing up I, I could see him actually before Connor Phillips. He's already on the 40 man. Like, I don't think it's, I would put my money like percent chance of Richardson coming up this year at like 35, 40 and Connor Phillips somewhere like 20 for me. Per, I mean, I'm just pulling numbers off the top of my head, but that's kind of the gut feel I have. Did you see anything else about him being scratched? Cause he was scratched tonight. I did not see that. No, I did not see that. I didn't see if there was actually any clarification on, you know, I certainly hope it wasn't an injury, um, but he obviously is lined out for for Sunday. So there's a possibility he is on Sunday. I think Lion Richardson, if if he's coming up, he's only going to pitch like two or three innings max because that's all he's pitched all year. I think, is it a 50, 40 or 50 pitch count limit? So, I mean, he he could hit that and. You know, you're pitching in the major leagues. Your your his command's been incredible all year, but you know, you get up to the show. Maybe you really get... and that is your answer. Some type of a piggyback type start. Some type of you know, get creative if you have to. Hell, try anything besides rolling Luke Weaver out and crossing your fingers that you get away with only five runs. Get you know earned. Um, but yeah, I I, I like both of those pitchers as prospects a lot. Um, I just, I just find it really hard to believe that the best plan of action is just pulling up more r- rookies and kind of banking on them all being good and leading the reds through. Um, it's just, that's a lot of finger crossing. 
Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the camp. I, like Lion Richardson, especially since he's he's only been using short short stints. I I really don't think you're gonna mess. You you really have to worry about messing up his development. Call up and give him a shot. But if he's coming up, you're expecting it to be almost a bullpen game. Um, yeah. He's give you maybe two innings, and that that's about it. Um, I'm not against Connor Phillips like coming up, but I I just I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know more than than the Reds know on him. I just I feel like that would be me being very facetious, you know. Yeah. If they think he could be ready, then go for it. If they don't, and I think we've given the reasons why they might think he's not, then don't. He's kind of like probably he's kind of one of the last chips the Reds have in, in terms of guys that they're really banking on for the future. And and they've they've shown all year they they waited until they felt the guys were ready. You can go back and say, "Hey, they waited too long." They all came up and performed. So it, it's really it's a it's a, it's how you want to take that. Do you want to take that as, "Hey, they waited till the right time and they performed," and part of the reason for the success was become of that, or you say, "Well, they waited too long and they would have performed anyways." You can really take it either way. I I tend to lean towards uh, uh, what they did worked, but but I I guess I see the other argument on that also. All right, Reds minor league action on. Thursday night, Louisville, they beat Omaha 11-2. to Louisville bats uh, playing well. Uh, not a whole lot of good stuff from the, the players we're looking at. Noel Marte was 0 for 4. Jose Barrera was 1 for 3. One positive, though, if looking for some additional bullpen reinforcement, Casey Legomina continuing to put up some scoreless innings at AAA. He threw another scoreless inning tonight. Uh, Chattanooga, they were rained out. Uh, so they did not lose to the Cubs affiliate like they got blasted the last couple nights. So we got a break there. Dayton Dragons, who have been on fire, they lost tonight 9-5 to Beloit. Uh, Edwin Arroyo was 0 for 3, did walk twice. Jay Allen, 1 for 3, two walks, stole his 10th bag of the season. And Hunter Parks, the guy that scouts are watching, three innings, two runs, did strike out three. The Tortugas, Daytona Tortugas, they lost 4-3 to St. Lucie, but some of the players we're watching had huge nights. Victor Costa, 2-for-5 with a double. Hector Rodriguez, 3-for-5, stole his 14th base of the year. Sal Stewart was 2-for-4 with a double. All right, Reds and the Washington Nationals starting tomorrow. Nats coming off a series win against the Milwaukee Brewers. They had a comeback walk-off win in their series finale on Wednesday against Devin Williams. Nats are 8-5 and five in their last 13 games. They've won three of their last four series. However, the last team to sweep the Washington Nationals? Nope, that was the Cincinnati Reds. They swept them in a four-game series in D.C. But as we said many times before, you can't ever bank on that. Uh, Nationals, they made several roster moves right ahead of the series. They had an off day on Thursday. They made a whole bunch of roster moves. They released Corey Dickerson. They demoted Luis Garcia. He was the guy batting second last time the Reds saw the Nats. Um, and they called up Jeter Downs and Blake Rutherford uh, from AAA. So they're going to have a whole bunch of players. They also, their third baseman just replaced uh, uh, Candelario, who's now with the Cubs. Um, so they've got a whole bunch. Half their lineup is going to be guys that um, have very, very little experience. So Clay, what's your thoughts on this series? I mean, um, like I, obviously this series you need you you need to take two of three. I I don't, I don't ever expect sweeps. I mean, is that kind of where your head's at on this? 
Yeah, I think this Nationals lineup is not nearly as bad as everyone assumes for it to be. There's some young talent in there, and you know, Johnny Manessis is a, or Joey Manessis is a good player. C.J. Abrams has been playing really well. Like they're not, you know, the Kansas City Royals or something. Where like even though they've won six in a row, um, I think that Corbin's a win. I think that you could beat Patrick Corbin. I don't like him at all. I know Nick kind of likes him for some reason, or at least did at one point um, this season. But yeah, if you can take two or three, you'd be happy with that. A sweep would erase the past three losses in a way. It was zero it out, not a race. Sorry, zero it out. Um, So yeah, I, I think that this is a winnable series. I'm glad that this is happening. I'm actually going to the game Saturday with Arm Layton. Oh. In Cincinnati. Oh. So anybody who's at the game Saturday, I would love to say hi. Andrew Abbott versus TBA. So big match. TBA is pretty good. Yeah, TBA is a stud. But yeah, uh, and I, I do think Patrick Corbett would be an upgrade over Luke Weaver. I think that was kind of what I was saying. If you could have got the Nationals to just literally give them away and pay for 99% of his salary. That, that was kind of my thought, but they didn't want to do that. Uh, because they like Patrick Corbett because he's an innings eater and this team's going nowhere. So they'll let him keep eating the innings. They are paying him a a, a lot of money. Uh, he has a 5.78 ERA since 2021. That's nearly a half run worse than any other qualifying starting pitcher in baseball. Uh, Corbin in July, he's got an ERA of 5.83. He's allowed 37 hits and six home runs and 29 in a third innings. Reds just faced him on July 4th. Remember, that was the hyped-up matchup of Patrick Corbin versus Brett Kennedy, where Brett Kennedy outdueled him. Corbin, five innings, 10 hits, six earned runs, two home runs, including a home run to Nixon Zell. So when you see the lineup and you lose your mind, uh, that's why Nixon Zell's in there, and he also has matched lefties. Um, and then the Reds, they did jump on Corbin his last start. Four of the first five batters got hits against him. De La Cruz was three for three against him. For the Reds, it'll be Graham Ashcraft. He has been incredible of late. Last six starts, 1.75 ERA. Graham Ashcraft pitched on July 5th against the Nationals. Six innings, just one earned run. So hopefully Graham Ashcraft can keep it rolling. Uh, Hopefully the Reds can continue to hit Patrick Corbin as bad as he has been of late. Corbin was 3-0 with an ERA below two in three starts against the Reds from 2021 to 2022. So he has had some success, but this is a matchup that you hope that the Reds can. Uh, uh, wouldn't it be nice, Clay, if they could just uh, win like, you know, I don't know, 10-2 on Friday? Oh, how about 16-2? <laughs> Bold. I love it. Uh, Reds will get a break in the series as well. Josiah Gray is uh, uh, will not be pitching in the series. So, um well, this is a good, good, good opportunity here for the Reds. Clay, you're awesome. Appreciate you. Uh, Trace is kind of in and out all weekend. He's uh, on a golf trip. Uh, he might jump in some of these. Uh, I got our guy Shay Neal on Friday and Saturday, and Clay is going to come back on Sunday uh, to help me out. So uh, good times coming for the Reds. Um, I know th- these last three days absolutely sucked, but uh, uh, it's been an incredible fun season, uh, more than I could have ever hoped for. And uh, let's see what they could do against the Washington Nationals. This team has responded all year long. Every time they've responded, let's give them a chance to respond again. 
and we'll see you tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We greatly appreciate all of the love and support. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, well, what are you waiting for? Do it right now as we have new episodes available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game this season, just in time for your daily commute, your morning coffee, or however else you get your day started. And also, make sure that you're subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game this season and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell and turn on notifications also so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. We hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.